0: I am a hands-on learner. I need to see it and then do it with guidance and try to attempt it by myself. And they really emphasized that all learning styles were welcome in the program.
1: Welcome back to That Vet Life, a podcast for veterinary mentors and mentees. My name is Dr. Mariah McCauley, and this week I am talking with the soon-to-be Dr. Deonara Smith. Dayanera is in her final year at the University of Arizona's College of Veterinary Medicine, which is something of a grand accomplishment seeing as she is a part of the inaugural class. In this episode, she shares about her experience of not only starting vet school in COVID, but being a part of a brand new curriculum and some of the peaks and valleys that go along with it. We also talk a bit about how the program is set up compared to other veterinary schools. So if you're thinking of applying to vet school this coming fall, this is an episode just for you. I had a great time chatting with Dayanera, so let's jump into this week's episode. So hey, Dayanera, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. This is so fun. I can't believe I have this opportunity. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's just really cool how small our veterinary profession is that like Just how we connected, even. It was literally a friend of a friend who's like, Oh, you need to talk to this person. And of course, as with all the other episodes that are happening in the last couple of weeks, they're all VLC related. So we got to meet at the Veterinary Leadership Conference. And I'm particularly excited to talk to you one, because you are from the graduating, well, the inaugural graduating class of the University of Arizona's Vet School. But just like the crazy number of accomplishments that you have done within those four years. And so actually just remind me, what year are you in vet school? So I'm a third year student and
0: with University of Arizona, there's only three years. So fourth year equivalent.
1: Okay. Now that's something that's kind of cool. I had no idea about because pretty much some of those accomplishments include like being a part of the group that got their SAVMA um, started and the AEP group started. Like that's a lot to do as a vet student and also a vet student and a school that's still figuring out how to vet school, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about you. Like, where are you from? And at this point in time, like, what area of vet med are you looking to go into? So,
0: I'm originally from Evanston, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago. Most people just say Chicago, Illinois. Grew up there and then found my way to undergrad in Ohio for four years. And then after that, I knew I wanted to be a vet. And so I took some time off. I just needed a break from school. And I moved down to Kentucky to work a little bit in equine hospital. And then after that, I got into vet school. Actually, I got into vet school in 2020 in the middle of COVID. Oh, my god, It's so funny. Yeah. Because we all went for our interviews like the last week of February. And like literally two weeks later the whole world shut down. And I remember my allergies were acting up so bad. And I like looked at the person next to me on the plane. I was like, I don't have COVID. And then it's just, yeah, it was all very ironic. Oh my But I'm glad we got to have in-person interviews.
1: (laughs) That's a whole other layer. Like you have this new vet school that's starting and it's starting in COVID. So any plans that they had for in-person classes just went completely out the window and they were just flying by the seat of their pants, I bet. That must have been stressful (laughs) or nerve wracking. Yeah, we
0: spent our whole first year online during COVID. So and our school is all year round. So we go August to August and we have breaks centered in there between um, like around seven or eight weeks because each course is within we have um, a course in between those seven weeks. So we'll have a break and it'll either be one week or two week breaks in between all of that. And we have three semesters. So fall, spring and summer.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a, a newer setup I've heard of in a few different vet schools. So yeah. what was the deciding factor for you to choose this particular vet school?
0: So I had already finished applying through Vemcast to all of my other schools. And my charge nurse at my job sent me an article for a new school opening up. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose by applying to this new program. And so I ended up getting an interview and I was like, Somebody wants me to interview for med school. <laughs> like, okay, and so we went, and the MMI um, it was multiple mini interviews, and that setup was like seven questions through seven different people, and that we'd have like a minute to look at the question beforehand, and then um, a certain amount of time in the interview, and we just get scored based off of that. So that was how our interview worked, but during that time everybody was so kind and enthusiastic and just talking about how the program is going to be so amazing. And I was like, it convinced me. And then we did a tour, like we had a whole weekend. So there's three days of different interviews and then they'll have um, tours of the campuses in the afternoon. And so that was amazing. I love seeing the facilities and just seeing how enthusiastic the staff was and how they talked about the program and how hands-on it was going to be. I was like, this is where I can definitely see myself doing vet school and having a really good time.
1: And so they were trying to be a new age type of vet school compared to like this older style. Like you already mentioned, it's a three year program. Granted, they go August to August. So you kind of can cut out that last year, I guess. And I'm trying to figure like, do they have their final year like externships and clinics? Are they on campus or do you have to go to an external facility?
0: Yeah. So we don't have a hospital on our campus either. So we're similar to Lincoln Memorial in that aspect. So we spend our whole final year, which is third year, outside of the classroom, going across the country to any clinical affiliate sites that we want to. So our first two years are didactic. We're in the classroom, hands-on. And then that August, after we finish our second year, we start clinics. Okay. Okay. And our clinics are four weeks each. They're not two-week rotations, they're four-week rotations.
1: And do you guys track? So when you're doing these clinics, do you have to do like specific ones or are you just kind of doing an all-encompassing? We
0: don't have to track or anything. We can pick our sites based off of our interests. So the only required rotations that we have are a general practice that can be large or small animal. Shelter medicine, which is small animal, and then um, a specialty practice, which could be large or small animal. So those are only three required rotations. And then outside of that, you can pick anything else that you're interested in. Me in particular, I am interested in equine medicine. So I'm actually not spending that much time this year doing equine So I have three equine rotations this year. And then a lot of them are small animal because I'm not too familiar with small animal entering into vet school. So I wanted to spend time doing that and getting better at it before I enter into equine.
1: That's a really balanced way to go about it. And that's a similar setup to what I had at my university in Edinburgh, where we didn't track, but you pretty much had to learn all the things because, I mean, you're going to take the navley that has all the species, but... There's so much crossover that I feel that people forget about between small animal to large animal and just like client communication things that you can learn, whether or not you're going to be practicing on a guinea pig like it or a rabbit. like It does help to work with a horse because honestly, yeah. I mean, rabbits are pretty much small horses to a degree. Yeah, you forget about the crossover. So that's, a I would say, a big benefit of that university is that you guys don't have to track, but in a way you get to... Get enough experience in the different areas to help you decide which area do you want to focus on when you first graduate. And again, because yeah. that value is there and you can pivot, you can start out in farm animal and go to small animal and then back over to equine. Like it's all a possibility there. So when you were first starting out and you were looking at this program, like what were the things that I mean, granted, COVID kind of changed a lot, I've assumed, but what were some of the things that you were most excited about with the program and how has that maybe changed as a result of COVID and going through all those transitions? Yeah, so... I
0: was really excited about just the hands-on aspect. I am a hands-on learner. I need to see it and then do it with guidance and try to attempt it by myself. Um, and they really emphasized that all learning styles were welcome in the program, whether you learned by reading, which I don't, but that's still an option. You learn by hands-on. So there was ways to cater to everybody's learning style, and I really like that. I know in a traditional program, it's kind of, this is how it is, and this is how you're going to receive the material. Either you get with it or you don't, or you have to find ways that work better for you within the material that's provided. And with U of A, they provided us different modalities for different ways to learn. So one professor, she would give us video lectures and the reading, but I never did the readings because... I felt adequate from the video lectures, and the readings were optional or supplemental to the modality that was being offered. So I really appreciated that. So that was a big draw for me. And also the FaceTime with the faculty. And at least in undergrad, I can be one of those students that can slip through the cracks and not necessarily advocate for myself, which changed in vet school for sure. But the accessibility to the professors and being able to ask them questions, go to them for any needs that we had was really wonderful and i appreciate that because it felt there wasn't like a barrier in between us obviously we have to be respectful of boundaries but i felt nice that i could go to my professor for any of my needs and they would be available to help me
2: now before we get on with the episodes, a quick word from today's show sponsor introducing the vet career concierge service It's an easy way to find your dream job, and it's a brilliantly simple concept. Instead of wasting time searching through thousands of practice jobs that might be a good fit, but frequently aren't, let the vet career concierge do the hard work. All you have to do is register. Tell us all about your skills and what you're looking for from your next practice, then your career concierge goes to work filtering, matching and approaching only practices who are a good fit. If you like the sound of a practice and you want to meet your concierge will coach you through the interview process, help with negotiations and work to ensure you have a smooth transition into practice when you accept a role. They'll even stay in touch with scheduled career check-ins to make sure you're happy. The service is open to vets and vet nurses with at least one year in practice and legally able to work in the US, Canada, UK, EU or Australia. To register, visit vetexinternational.com forward slash jobs and all registrants will be entered into a prize draw where you could win an Apple Watch, Magnum of Champagne or one of several Amazon gift cards. Registration and membership is free for vets and nurses, so head to vetexinternational.com. Forward slash jobs to sign up today. Now back to the show.
1: now that's really awesome to hear, and I kind of want to touch on something you just mentioned there with the change that you saw in yourself from undergrad to vet school and advocating for yourself. I feel that's something that it, it's hard to do, especially as a new veterinary student, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. So, can you tell us a bit more about that?
0: Yeah. I wasn't ready for vet school when I graduated undergrad. I was only 22 and there was just, undergrad was hard and I knew I wanted to be a veterinarian, but I just wasn't ready to go. And I was like, okay, I need to go get more experience and make myself a stronger applicant for VEMCAS and for any vet school. So I moved and worked. And that time to work and grow as a person Helped me a lot because I knew my boundaries with work and I knew to advocate for myself if something wasn't working for me. And I learned a lot about myself, and my charge nurses taught me a lot. So that helped me grow into, I definitely think, the student that I am today. And also just giving myself time to grow because I started school when I was 25, I think. So I'll be graduating when I'm 28. And so that helped me advocate for myself and just grow a little bit more. So I am very appreciative of that time that I took off because people say, oh, if you'd stop school now, you're not going to want to go back. But I knew my goals and I was like, it's okay if I take time because not everybody's journey is linear. The steps that you take to get where you want to go don't have to look like somebody else's. So I think the steps in my journey were really valuable to help me be the student that I am today.
1: I think that's really important for a lot of veterinary students and undergrad students to hear because that is what they hear. That is what they're told is that if you stop right now, like you may not get into vet school, you may not become a veterinarian. And isn't that what your goal is? Where you took a step back and you said, you know what, in order for me to become the best veterinarian that I can Mm -hmm. be, I need to take time and really learn more about myself. And you did that. And so taking that gap year, which I mean, I I think that's what we still call it in the US. I know that's what we call it in the UK. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, or gap years can be very beneficial in your personal growth. Because vet school is hard. And honestly, vet school is easy compared to working life. So if you aren't ready for vet school, like you're not ready for working life, quite honestly. So being able to, again, advocate for yourself and saying, you know what, I'm going to take a step back and wait to apply to vet school. Like I applaud that. I see that as a strength in knowing a little bit more about yourself and helping to develop and create that foundation that your goals will then come to. So I think that was really awesome that you did that. And kind of thanks for sharing a little bit more about that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And so let's jump into first year into second year. Like when do you guys start doing clinicals? So our clinics start
0: after. So our setup is our first year is kind of like the basics. So we start off with um, a class called Foundations and we move through systems. So that whole first year is our systems with cardio, respiratory, um, neuro, actually a little bit of the second year is um, our last system course. So we move through those systems with anatomy, GI and throughout those we have one health clinical logic, which is kind of like pharmacology and professional skills we have through all two years of our classroom learning. And then that January of second year, we start our surgery and anesthesia along with small animal advanced clinical management and large animal advanced clinical management. So, At that point, we're done with our systems. We've learned what we need to do in our systems, and then we're applying it as far as treatments or how to case management, basically. And then surgery, we start with our simulations of surgery. And then the summer, that summer semester, starting from April to August, is when we're actually doing live surgeries. So it's condensed, but systematically moving through. Then after we finish that I think they're starting white coats now before students start school versus before your clinical year. So you have a two week break and then you start your clinics. So that's how that all works. So I just started my clinics in August, like late August of 2022. Whereas most students start their clinics in May of wherever their last third year.
1: Okay. And so, yeah, they move you guys through pretty quickly, but do you feel like you're well yeah. supported and you're given adequate time to learn the information and, and skills? I think so.
0: I think a lot of it, for at least for my class, we spent our whole first year online. So that threw a wrench in a lot of plans. And then also being the inaugural class, there's nobody to look to. To say, okay, this class did it this way and they give feedback for this. It's just us. like We're all experiencing everything for the first time. The students and the staff. Even though the staff may be well-versed in academia, we're still all experiencing this brand new model of learning for the first time. So there was a lot of kinks to work out. What I liked is that we were able to give feedback constantly of what wasn't working and what did work we got feedback mid we gave feedback midway through the class and we gave feedback at the end of the class and when it ended. And so while our feedback isn't being applied to our classes, it is being applied to the next class and then they're seeing when it's applied to the class after that. So I think as the school gets more classes in and gets a groove onto things and figures out how things work best, it'll be better, but I will say, I call it inaugural class woes. It's just something that like people experience and it was enough to get us through and they helped us tremendously get through it. But I think as it moves through, it'll be better and better and better.
1: And that was going to be my next question was, have you seen any of those feedbacks that you've given? Have you seen the impact it's made on the the other classes that have come after you? Oh yeah. I always say I'm
0: like the class below us is got getting a way better education than you <laughs> got and the class below them is getting a better education than they got and it's improving vastly through as the classes move through as professors are finding what works and what doesn't. Sometimes it does suck saying that, you know, we don't get to see those improvements for ourselves, but at the same time we had the focus on us for a whole year to ourselves. Like we didn't have to share our professors, so anything that we needed they really tried to get us through so that's also a huge benefit for us as well
1: and did you have any concerns when you were first starting out at the U of a that you were the inaugural class that there wasn't anyone to go before you and kind of proof things like kind of in your like readiness for the vet world
0: honestly when I was starting no I was like I'm just happy to be here this is vet school I finally made it like here's all like it was like the world is our oyster like nobody else gets to say that we're they're a part of the inaugural class of something. I mean, select other people in their schools. But when it first started, I was like, man, this is great. And it just I didn't have any qualms with it at all. Now that I'm like, in clinics, and I look back, I'm like, hmm, I guess that could have changed or that could have improved. But that's looking back and I still wouldn't change anything. I don't regret any decision. And I would do it 110% all over again.
1: No, that's awesome to hear. And I feel like that's the kind of energy that you need to bring into an inaugural class to say we can do this, we can make it awesome. Because again, like there's going to be hitches in the road as Mm -hmm. you try anything for the first time. But uh, it sounds like they've prepared you guys very well for the graduating, which that's coming up in not so many months. So how are you feeling right now with the rapid approach of graduation?
0: I am very excited. It's Now that it's 2023, I'm like, okay, I actually graduate soon, sooner than I think. I'm halfway through my rotation now and I'm six rotations in and I only have six more left. It's crazy to think about that one day I'll be sitting in graduation and then the next day, or at least the next week, give myself a little bit of time, that I'll be working in a job and being the adult in the situation. Sometimes during clinics, they'll say, this is Dr. Smith. And I'm like, Me? You're like, who are you talking about? (laughs) Is there any other Dr. Smith in the room? Sometimes that's a little bit jarring. But now that we've gotten through Navly, it's like, okay, actually, this is a little bit of a reality. Like this is actually coming and happening and it's exciting. And I don't think I'm ready to be the adult adult in the room yet. Like I'll still look to my mentors. (laughs) I say I'll still look to my mentors for a lot of guidance, but I think – It's exciting. It's exciting that we're actually, our dreams are coming to fruition. And it's crazy.
1: (laughs) I can see like the energy like bubbling out of you. You're like, I almost have no words to say this. No, I remember thinking back to just like when graduation was approaching. Granted, for me, graduation was the year of COVID. So all of the big pomp and circumstance was kind of like washed away. And they're like, Here's a Zoom graduation. Congrats to your vet. Now go on do things in the world. And I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) But just like that excitement of being like, okay, they're they're calling me doctor. They're looking to me for my opinion. Do I know enough? Am I good enough? Can I stand on my own two feet? And those are really real and very valid questions to be asking. And I feel they create a level of safety, honestly. Because you don't graduate and know everything. Like You graduate vet school yeah. with the necessary information and skills to survive. Like, clear cut. Like That's what vet school does. They help you survive. But it's everything that you do after that that truly turns you into the awesome veterinarian that you're going to be. And you're right on that track. You're going shooting for the moon oh, with it. Too. So what would be some things that if you could look back at first year DeNera what would you say to yourself about starting vet school and just words of encouragement? I would say to myself, there's a lot more in
0: store for you than what you can imagine and continue to build on any goal that you have and whatever goals you may have say that, like manifest that because it will come to fruition one day and just think a little bit bigger and out more outside of yourself. And then also stay open-minded because I became open-minded in vet school. When I entered vet school, I was like, this is the track. This is what I'm doing. And so I wish I had gone in just a little bit more open-minded. So definitely there's more to life out there than just horses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is. And as someone who started vet school thinking she was going to be an equine vet and ended up in small animal, I can say that 100%. There is definitely more out there than horses. but. Thank you so much for coming and chatting about your experience of being in the inaugural class. There's so much that veterinary students can learn from and just words of encouragement for them. So I really appreciate it.
0: Of course, of course.
1: All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of That Vet Life. If you want to hear more, you can find any episode on any major podcasting platform. And if you want more by way of mentorship, you can go check out VetX International and the community there. There's always mentors who are looking to uplift and support you guys, which you can find at VetXInternational.com. But until next week, I'll see ya. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also don't forget to head over to vedexinternational.com and enroll in the Vedex community for free to get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also, leaving a review of the show on iTunes would be greatly appreciated because, again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Bet Life.